Excuse me, but are you loving this podcast? If you are, you can support the show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. All you have to do is hit the link in the show description to support now. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Excuse me, I have something to say. Hello and welcome to Excuse Me, the podcast where we have real and open conversations about life and everything it throws at us. I'm your host, Sean Philip Naylor, and if you're tuning in for the first time, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never have to miss an episode. You can also join in the conversation by surfing your way over to the show's official website or follow along on the show's official Twitter, Facebook or Instagram pages where you can slide into my DMs and let me know your thoughts on the show or even future topics you'd like me to tackle. And as always, those links are embedded into the show notes for you. So guys, welcome to this week's show. Let's start with a massive thank you and welcome back to all of our regular listeners. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for your continued support and encouragement. I am so grateful. Also, a special little shout out to one listener in particular. Listening all the way up in Ipswich is Aaliyah. Hi there. I hope you're having a good week. I did hear it was your birthday on Monday, so happy birthday to you. And thank you so much for listening and supporting the show. I really do appreciate it. To all of our newbies out there, hello and welcome. Remember that you can rate and leave a review of the podcast over on Apple Music, if that's where you're tuning in from. It really helps to elevate these conversations to a wider audience. So if you do have a spare minute or two after the episode, I would really appreciate your feedback. And don't forget to click that subscribe button so you never have to miss an episode. This week, I got to sit down with my good mate, Leroy Jackson. I've wanted to get him on the show for a while now, and this week, the stars aligned perfectly, and we were able to have that long-awaited catch-up. This week's conversation is about anxiety. Both Leroy and I, and I'm sure many of you, all live with anxiety, and sometimes it can be pretty debilitating. So Leroy and I decided that this was a great topic for us to share our own personal experiences with our own anxiety. Leroy is an up-and-coming Melbourne-based musician, currently part of the Dreg Music Collective and releasing his music under the moniker Where Is Leroy? Where Is Leroy dropped a new single a week or so ago and it is so good. 
The track is called Pyrex and lyrically it tackles Leroy's own experiences during an anxiety-induced panic attack. So let's check it out. Here's Pyrex by Where Is Leroy. God, I hope you know your limits Cause I'll fall short of the mark The guitar is playing in the back of my head But I don't know the names of the chords So I went back to bed Now I was too anxious to eat So my stomach burned and bled And I feel like it's my time Like what my watch just said Man, I'm running out of patience Like I want my fucking payment And don't say you want the smoke I'll make funeral arrangements Ain't your danger like a warning Don't come too close for comfort Got a lot of shit on my plate I'ma try and keep it covered Really hope that I'm up next Don't take me out of context I can take the heat like I'm made out of Pyrex 16 bars, sick like I'm sickening, like my credit card charge. Swift with no sympathy, I might roll a little spice just to get my head right. I get way too high, like baby, I see the light, goddamn. Hi, Leroy. Thanks for coming on hey. my show. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. I'm great. How are you? How's lockdown? Lockdown is um, tedious. You're in uh, Victoria. Yeah, stage whatever the high one is where we're not allowed to leave the house anymore. I would be, you know, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't going just at least a little insane. Well, but I guess you, all the we're good all people doing are, the best right? we can. Yeah, I think I'm probably one of the saner people at the moment, given the circumstances. Oh, well, that's good news. <laughs> so I haven't seen you in, like, physically seen you since... 2016. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I think the last time we saw each other, we had coffee on my birthday. Yeah, at Pack Fair. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Holy that's hell. right. That yeah, I um ages ago. I've um yeah, I haven't been back to the coast for a long time. Like life's just been a bit too hectic to um to stay in one spot, especially back home. Yeah, and I guess you're not coming back anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think they're going to allow me back in any time soon. That's the problem. You guys are um, definitely being the nanny state with all your borders and everything like that. Hey, like, can you guys just let me in <laughs> so I can go to the beach or something like that and I don't have to just hang around in cloudy, rainy Melbourne? Yeah, but if we let you in, you've got to go stay in a hotel or something for, for, for two weeks before we'll let you go and see those beautiful beaches. Yeah, I know. You guys are just, just let me have some fun, man. Come on. We're having, we're having fun down here in Victoria. We were at least, you know, and that, that got us back into lockdown. But like, you know, <laughs> up until then, it was a great time. Um, well, you've been having fun uh, professionally. You've been delving into the, I guess, the early stages of your music career. Tell me about that. Yeah, um, it's all kicked off a lot faster than I assumed it was. I think we wrote the first song back in 2017. We didn't really plan too much for it. and We never really released it anywhere other than just like to a couple of homies. And after that, a couple of people kind of got their hands on it and were like, man, you should start trying to do this a bit more seriously. And moving to Melbourne, just kind of being able to like connect with all these creative people and connect with like a couple of my homies who have, you know, just signed to a big label and were happy enough to take me on under their wing and kind of teach me everything. It's just been like such an exciting and just energized opportunity. I don't think I've ever really felt so like so much clarity towards something, you know, you want to look at for like a possible future career. Well, I got to say, I've only heard two of your songs both of which i like but this new one which is called pyrex um yeah is awesome i love it i really do so much um i was actually surprised we had a had a couple of friends who were close with our with our music crew who sent us who sent us some beats and they were they were really down to try and start something 
and the second I got that beat that um that's playing in the back of Pyrex with that kind of like piano kind of starting it, I was like, I was hooked straight away. And I was like, man, you need to give me this. You need to let me write something to it. <laughs> it's it's, like, it's honestly I, awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's something like that when you like, when you find, at least with myself, when I find like a beat or something that, that I really like, hook myself onto it's i can't not write something to it like I've, I've left a lot of messages on a lot of very popular beat makers instagrams and just being you know oh hey man can i buy this beat off you and then there'll be no response and then i'll be like oh hey do, do you mind if i i i kind of have to all right too bad anyway i've written a song here it is <laughs> here you go have my work um yeah yeah i, I find I think it's going to be really weird if like anything ever happens of this career and then all the, all the famous people I've messaged with beats <laughs> will have to like check their DMs and be like, oh man, this dude's actually insane and been messaging me for years. <laughs> He's a creeper. Um, what, yeah. uh, what was the inspiration behind the new song? Well, I wrote the new song really when I was in the middle of like a panic attack and I was trying to think of just kind of every possible scenario that goes through your head when you're having a panic attack. So essentially when I'm having a lot of panic attacks or when I'm in the midst of something really bad, I generally am just hearing music in the back of my head. So everything's intense and there'll be just some intense music going on. And that's how like in the first couple of bars of the songs, it goes like the guitar was playing in the back of my head and that's like a lot of the times if I'm like in the middle of a panic attack or something like that I'll be just like hearing some music in the back of my head and sometimes it'll be a bit too hard or a bit too much to just kind of stop and write something to it yeah you suffer a little bit with anxiety is that right yeah yeah I I would say um I suffer a lot with anxiety It's um it's something that's definitely been been quite hard hitting in my life personally I know that it's, um, I don't know if it's just like a generational thing, but it definitely seems like at least more people are coming out and being more like open about suffering from it. Definitely. It's, it's definitely, I guess, more, it's taken more seriously now and it's spoken about um, with more weight than I think it ever has been. I remember um, when you and I worked together, I got diagnosed mm. with anxiety and depression after my little breakdown. Um, but I remember having a conversation with my dad and my dad was like, oh yeah, no, you, you don't have that. And it was just, and not that like my dad's really quite a forward thinker, but it was just interesting that his first go-to was, oh yeah, no, that's not you. They're just telling that everybody has that these days. And I think anxiety is a spectrum. Everyone has it to a degree, but you know, is it that degree where it's crippling? Because I know mine can be. Yeah. Mine can be self-destructive well, too. Yeah, so much. I think that's what separates it between like, you know, you just general fears and your actual like anxiety will be like something that can actually be crippling to you. Whereas like, you know, I have a fear of spiders or I actually, something I don't generally say to people, I have a fear of the sound of velcro yeah that's something i'm really afraid also something i don't tell people i was for ages when i was a child i was terrified of the lead guitarist of eskimo joe for some reason (laughs) google him he doesn't even look scary like he just i was terrified no idea i just remember him being on abc when i was like five and freaking out it was in my nightmares i have an irrational fear of clowns myself because they're fucking terrifying yeah, no, they're pretty fucking terrifying things too. I'm not a, um, I've never been a big circus man either. And I think that's definitely what kind of like harnesses a bit of fear of clowns because you don't really get to see them in too much of the fun light. All you get to see is like from the movie It and things like that. I'm fairly sure that's where my irrational fear and phobia of clowns comes from was watching It when I was a kid at my sister's friend's house and their uh, big brother put it on and I was terrified. Yeah, that movie's given me an irrational fear of storm drains. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a whole generation of 
the people who have that now. Yeah. Do you remember <laughs> those um those commercials that used to be on TV ages ago where it would be like every summer they'd show you those commercials of like what's going to happen if you go boogie like boarding the, in a storm drain? Yeah, like the public service announcement kind of commercials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh. there'd always be that weird shot of that dude who's trying to put his hand through like the grate as the water's rising. That scared the shit out of me. I was like, who the f- <laughs> who's, who's doing this in storm drains? Get out. There's I an mean, ocean down the road. Obviously, someone was doing it because they needed to uh, make an announcement. I always thought that was real footage too, and I was always like, "Why aren't they helping this person?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, what's so? Of course, we're getting kind of into that conversation of anxiety. What do you think? I guess is the catalyst when you have an anxiety attack. Because recently, I learned for me during all of this COVID nineteen business. I get really anxious if I don't know the outcome of something, which is ridiculous because you never know the outcome of anything. But that it's being in the position of the unknown makes my anxiety go through the roof. And I think it's because maybe there's a part of me that needs to control certain situations. And when I have no control of that, like I'm fucked. Yeah, I've definitely, it wasn't something that I feel like before COVID was something that I really worried too much about, you know, like the fear of the unknown and what the future is going to hold and where we're all going to be and how we're going to get through this because it yeah up until like i don't know what when did everything kind of kick off like january february when people started taking this a little bit more seriously being like oh this is going to be something that happens yeah and then by march it was all everyone was done everybody was closing their doors well and that was it we were good for like a couple of months and then at least here it was looking like things were going to start opening again and now we've all been shut down again so now my fear of the unknown is so so much more because it's just it's more now more than ever it's kind of like we're forced to we have to trust our government and do what they're going to say is okay and you know into government conspiracy theory here but um i'd probably i'd probably say in my own life like there's so many like defining fact defining things that could be like a catalyst in my anxiety i think a lot of um a lot of it too would just be having no control just like you said like in a situation even if i know the outcome of it if i have no control over it i used to get you know really really bad anxiety attacks before i'd go to work when we were working on the coast and that was something you know i knew exactly what was going to happen that day but it was just kind of like a fear of like oh no this is what's about to happen yeah kind of like i don't want to go there but i have to go there because bills don't pay themselves you like you're kind of feeling a bit stuck i think a lot in positions like that people can tend to get trapped especially in like when you see yourself in like retail sales positions you can sort of stay there for one point and that's when everything gets kind of stale and i noticed like at least for myself when i realized i had to make a big change when i originally was like all right i'm gonna start taking music a bit more seriously i was dreaming heaps of just kind of like pulling my teeth out that's a hard thing yeah and then i read up on it and it turns out that's like a major sign that you need to make a big change within your life and just sort of Otherwise, you're, I assume, just going to end up with no teeth. But like, (laughs) you know, that's, (laughs) that was my major kind of thing that I kind of was like, wow, this is, this anxiety is not really just like, just a thing that's coming and going in my life. I'm not just an afraid person. Like this might actually be leading to something more serious if my brain's trying to give me signs that I need to move on in my life. Interesting when your subconscious is telling you things and like or giving you signs of things that you know you should be thinking about this or or you should be looking at changing this but we don't i guess we're not naturally ingrained to to realize those signs without like you say looking into it and the teeth pulling thing i've had that one i've had uh just my teeth falling out like crumbling to pieces that's another mm. weird one i've had recently yeah yeah well uh i don't know it, it's it's really weird because 
you know, like dreams, so many people interpret them so many different ways. And like, you can read all like those dream books and everything like that. And you can kind of get kind of like some, I don't know, kind of direction on where you think your dreams are going. But I don't know. It's one of those things where at least with the teeth pulling one, that's one where I've always been like, this is a serious sign. I mean, like everyone has some weird dreams when they're going through some weird thoughts. That was definitely kind of like a major, I don't know when it gets, you know, when something, when you, when you can really notice a dream gets repetitive. Yeah. Yeah. When you're like going through it and you kind of like, I've been here before. I know what's going on. So with your anxiety, when did you first realize that it was, I guess, a part of you? Hmm. Probably say towards like my last year of high school, like when it started to, that was when I started to get definitely like more of the fear of the unknown and just kind of that overwhelming fear that I don't know if, if it's just myself or if it's a lot of like people who are, cause I still don't really feel like I'm an adult, but like, or if a lot no. of adults get this. I remember <laughs> just like that. my mum telling my sister and I when she would have been, she probably would have been my age now, like 34, 35. And she was telling us how she doesn't feel like she's that age. She's like, I still feel like I'm like a, you know, 18, 19 year old inside, but your, your body and everything else, like society and everything tells you that you're not, you're an adult. That's how I feel. Like I, there's a lot of like times where I'm like, man, I need an adult. And I'm kind of like, man, I am the most adult person here. I need someone who's more of an adulty adult. Like, <laughs> <laughs> is anyone here no taxes or <laughs> what's your qualifications um, yeah yeah can, that's kind of that well that was the original kind of thing when you were growing up was like you know the, you graduate from school and you get a degree or you know you move yourself into a career or something like that then no one really told you that you know that was my main fear when I was finishing school was I was like man I don't actually know what I want to do see that was like, me everyone was I was that I was that fucking weirdo and people like what do you want to do when you get older and I'm like oh I don't care as long as I'm happy yeah I used to say the same thing I remember I think well I was in year six and we had to draw this um picture of where you want to see yourself when you're an adult and I was the last one to finish because all I wanted to write was I just want to be happy and it was kind of like they wouldn't let you just draw yourself being happy you had to draw yourself Mm -hmm. doing some sort of career or something like that and I remember being like well none of these careers sound like much fun (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah you get the people who are like oh you know they'll become a lawyer because their parents are lawyers or you know they'll i don't know i know a lot of lawyer people and i'm like this something that really like makes you happy but i don't understand that because I, I guess you and i were both kind of creative types so we need to have that creative outlet whereas i guess there are people out there who are much more academically inclined to being happy that way i but think i think also with that it's like you know, like with being like academically inclined and all those kind of things, it seems a bit more like routine. You know what I mean? Like not, not to diminish the career in any way, shape or form, but it's, you know, it sounds like a degree where you study for it and then you qualify, you do your whatever it is. And then, you know, you get your job and it's kind of seems like it goes in that motion. Whereas like, if you're trying to do something that's a bit more creative or something that, you know, you really want to do yourself, it's going to be, you're going to do your best work when you're kind of feeling it. Yeah. You know, you're not going to go in and do your creative stuff when you're not feeling it because you know it's not going to come out that well. Whereas, like, if you're doing something where at the end of the day, how it looks on paper is all that really matters, then that's fine. But, like, I feel like if you're trying to do something creative, it's going to be so much more dependent on, like, mood or something like that or how you're feeling at the general time. Or, like, sometimes I wake up inspired. No, I can't be. Like, sometimes I wake up at, like, 3 a.m. and I'll have a song in my head and I'll just be like, all right, now I'm just going to have to get up and write this because I won't be able to sleep until it comes out. And then, like, the sun will come up and I'll be like, oh, man, now I'm just going to have to go to work and start my day. But, like, I don't feel, you know, like, tired like I would after, like, working a full day of work if I was, you know, doing construction or something else where I was, you know, just working for the money. Yeah. Or just trying to, like, punch out the clock. 
which is where I think passion comes into so much of like so much of just being happy. Yeah. Well, you have to be passionate about something in order to be able to, to be, I guess, to find something that makes you happy. You have to be passionate about it. Yeah. I think there was this, it's a very big push now to just kind of like, especially with this, with mental health and everything being on everyone's radar and everyone's starting to realize what like a crippling problem it can be is to push those kind of passion projects more and push towards like, even if it's something that's not going to make you a lot of money, if it's something that makes you happy, you know, making stickers or what have you, you should probably move towards that Yeah. as compared to doing something that's just going to make you money. Exactly. Like that's, I, I can't really talk. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, I mean, I still work a full-time job trying to trying to pay my bills and like, you know, recording isn't free and things like that. But, but that's your adult responsibilities here. You, you know, you're having to find that balance between adulting and I guess, you know, keeping that passion alive and keeping your creativity flowing. And yeah. I guess say like the most of the people I know who are creative types are very quick to own their um I guess their anxiety or their I don't, I don't want to say shortcomings because that's not right but the more I guess it's a it's a freer platform when you're creative to be able to express yourself and your emotions more so than if you are academically inclined because the I guess the environments in which you're creating and living are somewhat different so for me like I had my my breakdown my anxiety I had my depression all of these things that I've got you know they're a part of me and I work with them every single day they're kind of a driving force behind moving forward with the podcast and I guess you know you're obviously based on the lyrics of your new song obviously your anxiety is something that you have managed to filter into your creativity well yeah I think if you're someone who does suffer from you know any type of mental illness you need to find an outlet to filter it otherwise it's just going to eventually consume you you know and that's where I feel like I don't know I don't know if I'm if I I feel like I know so little about the past generation how they actually feel you know because our our fathers and people like that were kind of raised as being like oh we're men we don't show emotions and these kind of things but like if you've ever been to like a party for like you know a theater person (laughs) with all their theater friends like that is wild the emotions and things that go on there are crazy like 
Because you're allowed to feel them. It's like when you're like, I mean, I don't know about you. Like there's a few years difference between you and I. How old are you? 28. 28. All right. So I'm 34, 35 soon. There's even that, like there's a gap in the generations there where, I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, but when I was a kid and I was at school, you're a boy. You don't really have feelings. Like if you hurt yourself, it's like pick yourself up and get on with it. But if it's, you know, you're a little girl and you hurt yourself, there's, you know, it's always like, okay, well, let's talk about that. Yeah. Same with if, if you're growing up with sisters or anyone like that, you, they're, they're kind of, you know, a bit more like my father used to do it a lot when I used to get in a fight with my sister and he always like get angry at me and, and then he'd be like, well, she's a girl. She can't hurt you. And I was like, that's not true. Have you seen her fists? It, it, but yeah, the reverse of that, I guess, is that the, the whole boys will be boys scenario, which people talk about like that being a toxic phrase to say to a young boy even to a young girl, if a boy does something that they shouldn't, and then they say, well, you know, boys will be boys. Like it's, it's not helpful, I guess, to anyone, but it's a justification of, I guess, actions. So when I look back at like things that make me anxious over the years, stuff, stuff that sort of really fueled my anxiety, it's, I guess a lot of it is people's projections of their perceptions of what you're supposed to be, if that makes sense. Yeah. So like the way that they envision you're meant to look in their head? Not not even the way you're meant to look, but the way you behave, the things you do. If you get, if somebody says something and upsets you, they're like, oh, stop being so sensitive. And it's like, well, I'm not actually being sensitive. I'm taking what you've said at face value and it's a shit cunt thing to say. And I'm offended. It's the same with like, you remember when your parents would be like, um... Oh, like eat this food, and you'd be like, oh, I don't like it, and they'd be like, No, no, no you got to eat it. This is the same kind of thing with people like being, well, stop being so sensitive, and you're like, Well, look, man, I can't help it if it hurts my feelings, like, right? And then the same the, way people who then, you know, the next time that comes around, something happens, and they go, Oh, yeah, no, that's right, I'm not supposed to be sensitive about this, and then they just put it on their shoulders, and then it happens again, and something else, and something else, and it builds and builds and builds, and then the next thing you know, you have a whole generation of people who are going. I think I might be feeling a bit anxious now. Yeah, but that's the problem. You're going to some, you're trying to speak to, you know, the people from the past generation. They're going, what? What are you afraid of? <laughs> quit, quit being so sensitive. Like what, what, life is scary. And you know what? Life is scary. And there are certain things that you shouldn't be overly sensitive about. But if it's something that you are sensitive about, then that's, that's also okay. Let's loop it back around to your latest single, Pyrex. Is there a lyric in there that really resonates with you the most in terms of anxiety? First verse, it actually says, I was too anxious to eat, so my stomach burned and bled, um, which was something I wasn't really too proud of actually having to like admit. But I don't know, as, as you'd know, someone who suffers from anxiety, sometimes when you cop it really 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 hard it is impossible to eat and you just kind of sit there in this weird kind of stage of like i can feel that i am starving yeah but for some reason i'm just a bit too terrified to eat anything and i feel like i'm too full every time i try and put something in my mouth so that really resonated with me when i was trying to write the song and i was going through a lot of anxiety at the time i think i spent like two days without sleep or food just trying to write that song and get those first that first verse in dude that's hectic yeah, I feel like by the end of it, it was really like kind of because I'd written. I feel like I think I was, I'd written most of that that first verse in about two days, and I hadn't really slept at all, and I'd just been kind of in my room, just writing, just sitting there with like thirty, forty coffees, and um, <laughs> coffee also bad for anxiety. Just, just I know. Oh yeah, I, I, um, I can vouch on that. Yep, yep. This is um, I'm 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 doing pretty good at the moment. I'm I'm only on one a day. 
It's all right. Which I feel like. Two of us who used to work in the coffee industry, that's pretty good. And I feel like for this this Melbourne life that I'm living at the moment, that's pretty good because I see everyone I see at the bakery looks like they're going there for about the third time that day. (laughs) You know, that's where they're in that kind of mood of like, I just need to be warm and energised. Caffeinate me. Yeah, caffeinate me. (laughs) Spank it. Um, do you have any tips for how you manage your own anxiety? I know this is a very different scenario for each individual. I mean, I, um, I try to be, I try to do breathing techniques and things when I'm feeling anxious. And I also have to keep that to myself because I don't want people to judge me and be like, what's his problem? Um, do you have any, yeah, you're going to be that dude just hyperventilating in public. <laughs> yeah, no, thanks. Um, Honestly, drinking like water, I think has been like the most important thing for me. Every time I find myself like if I'm freaking out, everything's feeling like way too much. Like having a drink of water is something like we always know we need a drink of water. I drink a lot of water when I'm whenever something's getting like way, way, way too overwhelming because it just gives me kind of like that brief like minute or so break where it's like it's the same way with with I guess like having a cigarette. I don't smoke cigarettes or anything like that but it's what i would imagine a lot of people say is like that kind of like break from the world that you get because it's kind of like if you notice when you're trying to drink a bottle of water it's hard to be a bit too terrified when you're doing that (laughs) it's true (laughs) that's something that i feel like really saved me that i'd listen to i listen to a lot of like rain sounds (laughs) just to try and calm myself down that's relaxing i do like I'll, i'll put on like i'll stream just like black screen rain sounds when I'm getting really anxious and I can just turn everything off and it just kind of, it's very nice to just kind of like sit there. I was doing that when I um, first met my girlfriend, she was, she suffers from anxiety as well. So um, she usually sleeps like the TV on or something like that. And we kind of moved that over into just switching it to rain sounds, which really helped. Like I moved on into my life and kind of was like, wow, this is something I can really use when I'm getting too overwhelmed with things or when I just need to feel like everything's okay. Because I think that's like the main thing with anxiety is like that overwhelming feeling that, oh no, everything is not okay. Well, it's like I have a dog who suffers with anxiety, separation anxiety, and he is absolutely gorgeous, but he'll sit out in the backyard and bark all day long and he pisses the neighbours off and that gives me anxiety because then I'm like, well, fuck, the neighbours are going to be shitty with me when I get home because he's been barking all day just because he, you know, he just wants a hug and to have his people there and to to know that everything's going to be okay. And it's funny because I find with anxiety, a lot of the time it's a circular thing, cyclical, Mm. I think the word is, um, where there's one thing that produces anxiety and then that has that knock on domino effect. So like I have anxiety about my dog having anxiety who has anxiety about me leaving. And then I have anxiety about leaving. And then, then you go, then you go home. And if you're feeling anxious and say, you've got to talk to like your partner or your neighbors or something like that, you give them a bit of anxiety and it kind of just carries on to them. Right. Like, it's, some, it's yeah. toxic. It's infectious. That's why I think the most important thing to do is talk about it. I think more than anything, like I'm always pro if I'm ever having like a conversation with someone, I've had it a couple of times. If I'm like having a, a debate with someone or something like that, and I'll just be like, I'm feeling really overwhelmed now. Can we just take a pause for five? And like, that's something I feel like people are like really struggling to say is like, all right, everything is getting way too overwhelming now. And when you're really, really overwhelmed, I feel like you're more so prone to like saying and doing things that you don't actually mean. Totally. I like, can relate. I'm just feeling too intense right now. I'm just going to do the first thing that just, yep, whatever. Yeah. And the defenses go up and then you say something or you do something that you, you know, will later regret. And sometimes it can be really damaging depending on the relationship. Yeah. It's crazy. Totally relate to that. It's really, it's really something I feel like as 
this generation, like our generation, you're going to be the first kind of people who are sort of moving that conversation forward to being like, it's so okay to talk about these kind of things. Because when you talk about them, you realize it's like everyone kind of goes through it in one way or another. Yeah, like it's a spectrum. Some people, everybody, I think, has the ability to empathize when it comes to anxiety, because essentially, if you felt nervous about anything, you've, you, you're on the anxiety spectrum. Yeah. And yeah, we are living in a generation of people who want to acknowledge this and push the conversation forward. But then you get the backlash of older generations who, you know, will post things to Facebook saying, you know, we did these world wars and all of this, like, and you're worried about going outside. Well, newsflash, currently we're in a pandemic, like going outside is not always safe. Yeah. And um, that's one of the really, really... I don't want to say bothers me, but it's something like I kind of, I see a lot with the older generation is they just really will struggle to understand that kind of, that feeling that we have about that, where I can, I can, I can relate to it in a way. Well, not really because I haven't really built anything, but that feeling, I can imagine I'd speak to a lot of seniors and that kind of like feeling of like, we built this, this is ours. And I feel like they have this kind of like weird ownership over this country. But it's like, why, what were you building it for? Were you building it for yourselves and that was it? Or were you building it for generations to come? And those generations yeah, and that have are now here have evolved and they're building something else. And you need to be able to get on board with that and, and know that they're not taking anything away from what you've done, but they're adding, you know, adding different layers and another room or, you know. Yeah. And the world doesn't stay the same. Like it's changing. And that's why, that's why we got to change with the world because, you know, we can't stay the same and, you know, sit around buying cigarettes from hospitals and things like that, you know, where you used to do that back in the day, because we know that they, they kill you now. So you you can't do that anymore. Exactly. As somebody who suffers with anxiety and is now putting that into their music, how does your anxiety come into play when you're about to go on stage? It's, it's really weird when you, before I go on stage, it's one of those things generally like the day of, I'll be feeling very anxious and I'll be like doing a lot of pacing. And then I, I always arrive where I've got to be like very, very, very early. So then I can have like a long afternoon of wild pacing <laughs> and, you know, just kind of like staring into the abyss for a while, um, freaking out about whether or not this is something I can handle. I don't know. The second you actually get on stage and there, you see all the lights and there's people there who are like there to see you. And it's, it's just, it's something that you can't really feel anxious about. It's kind of like overwhelming. You're like, all right, well, hell now I'm, I'm here. Like, let's do this. Like it's, it's something that, yeah, I've, I've noticed when I'm walking up the stairs to go out on stage, that's when I'm kind of doing like my last, like, you know, you know, you get to that point in your anxiety where it's like your anxiety kind of tells you, all right, this is the point where I'm either going to win and yeah. you, or, or you're going to defeat me now. Like that's kind of like the end of it. You kind of get to that point where it's like, all right, the anxiety wins and I might go to bed or something like that. But like when I'm walking up those stairs and I'm kind of like, well, there's no turn back now. I guess you lose by default, son. Get in your box, <laughs> anxiety. There's no, no room. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. In this case, Pandora does go back in the box. So yeah, well, go on. Oh yeah. Well, that's just what I was going to say. Like the second you hit those, the stage, the second there's people out there, even if, even if they're not too, not too psyched to be there, if they're just showing up because you know, the drinks are cheap. It's like, it's still such like a kind of amazing feeling to be able to just kind of be like, I'm going to be able to perform for you now. And this is what I'm going to do, you know, to the best of my abilities. That's kind of like you putting your all out there onto the stage. And it's kind of like, at that point is like, you know, you're really going to feel more if someone's feeling your stuff. 
because you're like, I have given you something. And then you'll even surprise some people. I'm sure some people will suddenly not be so concerned about the cheap drinks and they'll be like, hey, who's this guy? Um, So what advice would you give somebody who is suffering with anxiety and really going through the thick of it and can't see the light at the end of their little anxiety tunnel, whether it be, you know, something super intense or whether it be something that other people would say is minimal, but to that person it's of course all consuming. What would be your advice to anyone suffering with anxiety? Probably the best thing to do is just find find I I, I do it, find music that you love or just find a band or even a song that you love and just like listen to that until your iPhone breaks. <laughs> and like listen to that until you know every single word better than the person who's singing it until you can feel every single thing that they're putting into it which is why you relate to it so much and it's those kind of moments where you're like especially when you if you can ever get back on those kind of stages I've had it where I like I've had bands where I've truly felt or music that I've truly felt has like saved my life at times then going to like be able to see the people live and that's when you kind of, you see people who are in crowds and they're just like breaking down. I've been that way in crowds too, where I'm just like, I can't deal with this. Like this, I feel like this person literally saved my life. Yeah. Music is yeah. healing. Like I've, I've always been drawn to music and I think most people are, but there's always something that speaks to you as an individual. And you know, I've got artists and albums and things where I'm just like, Jesus, were they in my fucking head when they wrote this? Like, how did they manage to capture everything I've been feeling and for me you know I think what you've said about turning to music if your anxiety is playing up is a great thing to do and I will often particularly when you and I used to work together I used to towards the end of my tenure there I got so anxious about going to work every morning and I would just put music on when I was getting ready for work just music that made me happy put me in a good mind frame then I would continue that into the car and the drive to work and I would be like, yeah, don't worry, you can fucking do this. And it makes and you, you feel empowered. And then you get to work and, well, you know, everything that made you anxious is still there. <laughs> no, I, I feel like like those guys, you know, when, you, when you're driving to work and you're listening to like that music and you're belting it out and you feel like you're actually like, you, you get into that mindset that you're actually the person who's singing the song because it feels like it's so relatable to you. It almost feels like it is a part of you. And you, when you're like you know, that'll make your day. If you can sit, if you're driving to work and you can listen to a song and you belt it out from start to finish and you feel like personally you've hit all the notes and you're like, Oh yeah, hell yeah. Adele would be proud or something like that. <laughs> that's a, like the best start to a day. And that's it. And then you're, you're empowered and you can walk in that door and you can make the day your bitch. Exactly. And if you don't, that's okay too. Cause tomorrow's another day. Yeah. Well, that's all they like, you know, I don't know if you got if they, you listen to like you or any of your your fan base listen to um the late artist Juice World at all. On one of his last songs, he says, "I hope you had a good day. Try your best to accomplish something great. And if you didn't, that's okay because there's always tomorrow. There is always tomorrow. Now, anybody who's listening to my podcast." Uh, I hope they don't wait until tomorrow. I hope they do it today. They can actually go and listen to your new single, Pyrex. Where, Leroy? Um, Spotify, where is Leroy? Um, you'll be able to find me there on Apple Music as well. Pretty much anywhere that's got good music at the moment. Um, yeah, give us some streams. Give us some love. Drag music for life. Um, can't stop, won't stop. Um, stay medicated.
<laughs> um, and as always, I will put all the links that uh, the audience require into the episode um, notes, into the show notes of the podcast. But for now, Leroy, thank you for coming on my show. Thank you, Sean. so guys that's a wrap on this week's episode you can follow leroy over on his instagram at where is leroy or check out his music over on spotify or apple music his latest single pyrex is out now as always links are in the show notes attached to this episode on a personal note please remember that if you are suffering with anxiety panic attacks and depression or you're generally not feeling quite right within yourself. Remember, it is okay to not be okay. And there is help available to you. I'll put some helpful links and helplines in the show notes. So please check them out if you feel that's something you might want to do. And always remember to talk to a friend or a family member about how you're feeling. That's all for now. Take care. And I'll see you next time. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.